This is John Beethan, your host and producer for the Alternative Health Tools podcast. Ashley Mazanek is an eco-musician and environmental justice advocate based in the San Diego area. She's a trusted voice in the movement towards a compassionate economy. Ashley's the creator of Let's Talk About the Weather environment series, which is a mix and blend of music, science, community, tech, art, and design. Second and fourth Wednesdays at T-Short Gallery in San Diego feature academics, professionals, artists, community groups, and activists inspiring greater quality of life, health, and mindful connection to our planet and each other. Today we're talking about compassion, economy, the environment, music, science and technology, eco-art, ecosystems, the book Altruist, Businesses for Benefit, and B Corp. And there are several local events coming up listed in the episode show notes at alternativehealthtools.com. But yes, I've used art as a tool for a long time. In this particular album, I went out of my way to make sure every song on it points to a particular kind of social ill Mm -hmm. that we need to heal together because we can't Mm -hmm. heal everything all by ourselves. In fact, most of our own personal struggles um, are part of an ecosystem of struggles. Mm -hmm. And if we're able to acknowledge the way that we affect one another, then we're able to heal our our greater selves and and engage in communities that are um, productive, cooperative, helpful, um, and otherwise healthy. So as an eco-musician, um, <laughs> I am someone, or some people call it conscious, a conscious musician. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the point of that whole movement is essentially to look at yourself in the context of the wider society and to speak back to it. Um, and sometimes that's, sure, talking about the soil and the air and the trees, which is what most people think of when we say the word eco. But eco simply is a word that describes the connectivity of all things. So mm. the things you do in your house, they mm. seem isolated, but they're totally not. Because mm. when you turn on that TV, you're subscribing to thought patterns. You mm. are participating even when you're not participating and you think you're not participating. So eco art to me is just bringing light to this idea that we affect one another Mm -hmm. and this is how, um, and it can range from anything from being activist art Mm -hmm. to simply, um, to simply showing, you know, pain as a result of, you know, something that's happening maybe on a a larger scale, um, in our nation or in the world, Mm -hmm. um, and offering solutions. Hopefully Mm -hmm. that's the goal, right? Um, there's a great book called Altruism that mm-hmm. changed my life. It's mm. um, it's also an audiobook. So if you're someone like me that likes to get outside, you could listen to it as you as you walk or or go for a jog. And it talks about what a more compassionate economy would look like. How do we reward cooperative behavior instead mm-hmm. of competitive behavior? Mm-hmm. And it it really gives me a lot of hope that people are thinking outside the box in terms of how we can restructure our economy to better work. <laughs> So we can look at it as doing it for ourselves. Ultimately, what's beautiful about human beings is we are actually quite altruistic. We have an inner reward system where when we do good for others, we actually do good for ourselves.
Hi, Ashley. Hi, John. How sweet for you to be here the first time in the studio. Um, this is like 10 years in the making, in a sense. I'll tell you why. It's the first time in a studio that I actually have a musician, and we're all plugged in. And you're Con- awesome. Congratulations. So. I am so lucky to be here. Yeah, in case anybody... This is um, this is AlternativeHealthTools.com, the podcast, and what you just heard was Ashley playing her keyboard live. Awesome. <laughs> so how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. I told you. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a momentous occasion. I know. There's a lot of stuff we want to cover. Uh, hopefully, we can get it done in three hours. Just mm. kidding. <laughs> But um, yeah, so what were you just playing, actually? That was a an excerpt from a song called Warning Call, which is the second to last song on the LP Let's Talk About the Weather that I released in February. Nice. Yeah, I've been listening to it. It's really nice. I wasn't going to, I didn't tell you, but I'm going to tell you now. The first time I listened to it, and usually what I do when I listen to music, I just usually lay down and put in earbuds and listen to it, just to be totally involved in it. And this particular time, it was late at night, the first time I listened to the album, and I was sort of like dozing off, and I had the most incredible dreams I've had in a very, very long time. Very transitional. Some of them quite, um, how do I say this, frightening. Mm. But it was stirring. The bottom line, it was very stirring in terms of my what was happening with me while I was listening. That's really interesting because a lot of the songs were born of dreams. And that one in particular was born of two separate dreams. And some of them are much more haunting than others. Oh, yeah. That one in particular is definitely, as you can tell, a very dramatic, um, almost, I would say, a traumatic dream experience. Yeah. Um, Really? Yeah. We talked earlier, you conceived them on Wakening, is that right? Yeah, I would say probably 70% of the songs... Um, that I that I end up actually turning into published works mm-hmm. are are dream songs. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. I have a list here. We sort of we were talking about uh, part of what the album's about in terms of you talk about addiction and peaceful protest, immigration. Let's talk about the album. All right, let's do it. Which is let's talk about the weather. Yes. Which, if you in, live in the San Diego area, you see Let's Talk About the Weather all over the place. So those are your creations we'll talk about later. Yes. Go ahead. And when did you sure. do the album? So the album, well, I mean, technically I started writing the album really 12 years ago. Um, the very first song on there is about a relationship I had with someone that was a drug addict. And so many, mm-hmm. many years of processing that, many years of still being in a sort of relationship, although much distance between us. Um, but I would say, yeah, the album was in the in the works for a long time. The producer of the album, Gabe Lehner, is a local staple here in Encinitas for being an incredible producer. And, um, and he was one of two guys in Inspired Flight, which was a very successful electronic duo. Um, and I, I was touring with them for a while, and that ended up turning into, hey, let's let's do your album, Ashley, because I had been doing work with them sort of as their hired gun singer, their, their featured vocalist, um, took me to South by Southwest, took me um, you know, to Denver, Colorado. We did the Boulder Theater. We went up north to Regeneration Festival and Lightning in a Bottle in 2011 on awesome the stage. Oh my gosh. We got to open for Beats Antique and Bonobo and all these incredible acts. Um, and didn't you say you were doing some electronic stuff? 
Yeah, well, currently, um, the same producer, Gabe Lehner, also known as Nine Theory, is up in L.A. He recently moved up there, mm-hmm. and um, and someone asked him to teach them how to do production. So we, I recently was asked to go up there and record a Madonna cover called Physical Attraction. Oh, wow. Yes, awesome. and and there's one other cover, too. Physical Attraction happens to be the one that really is stuck among um, mm-hmm. my close friends that have heard it. It's not yet released. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. When do we get to hear that? I have yet to know. I imagine in the next couple of months. It depends um, exactly what their strategy is. They've talked about a music video. Awesome. So we'll see what happens. No, that sounds fun. So anybody out there is sort of curious how this episode's unrolling on alternative health tools. It's, you know, a lot of what we do is interview people that have turned into practitioners of sorts, mainly from their own healing. So describing the album in terms of was there mm-hmm. healing, was it healing for you? Oh, big time! Um, especially songs like "Soldier Song," which is about post traumatic stress disorder. Uh-huh. I worked in a corporation, so that's another song, "Power to the People," really s- s- summarizing um, how yeah. that affected me. Um, but you know, you can't go through your life and not find yourself in pain, places of suffering, um, and art and music has always been my go to place to heal myself. Now, there's something greater happening now, which, um, at least in Encinitas, I feel the call for a lot of people to heal um, f- from just feeling kind of disengaged from, especially because most of California did not vote for our incoming president. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of people that feel very discouraged and disempowered. Mm-hmm. And I think that happened before. I don't, I don't think this is anything no, new. No, I don't think it's new at all. A lot of it is just rising inequality and people mm-hmm. maybe that don't feel so much in control of their life. Um, but yes, I've used art as a tool for a long time. In this particular album, I went out of my way to make sure every song on it points to a particular kind of social ill Mm -hmm. that we need to heal together because we can't Mm -hmm. heal everything all by ourselves in fact most of our own personal struggles um, are part of an ecosystem of struggles Mm -hmm. and if we're able to acknowledge the way that we affect one another then we're able to heal our our greater selves and and engage in communities that are um, productive cooperative helpful um, and otherwise healthy yeah yeah well i mean you're certainly doing that how many events are you doing a month so right now I'm I'm organizing the Let's Talk About the Weather Environment series downtown at the T-Short Gallery, second and fourth Wednesdays of every month. So just two a month for now. Mm-hmm. And of course, then I also do performances and speaking events like at Trilogy Revolution Festival recently. We had a fantastic mm-hmm. time um, speaking about the current sustainability challenges that we are facing. Mm-hmm. Um, environmental degradation, um, but also inequality and sort of how we can all pitch in. And a big mm-hmm. part of that for me is what I call eco art. Uh, eco art. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We had a little chat about that. Yeah. So what are you doing with that? What, what's eco art? So as an eco musician, yes. um, <laughs> I am someone or some people call it conscious, a conscious musician. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the point of that whole movement is essentially to look at yourself in the context of the wider society and to speak back to it. Um, and sometimes that's, sure, talking about the soil and the air and the trees, which is what most people think of when we say the word eco. But eco simply is a word that describes the connectivity of all things. So mm-hmm. the things you do in your house, they mm-hmm. seem isolated, but they're totally not. Because mm-hmm. when you turn on that TV, you're subscribing to thought patterns. You mm-hmm. are participating even when you're not participating, when you think you're not participating. Yeah, you're feeding it energy. 
Exactly. So eco art to me is just bringing light to this idea that we affect one another mm-hmm. and this is how. Um, and it can range from anything from being activist art mm-hmm. to simply um, to simply showing you know pain as a result of you know something that's happening maybe on a, a larger scale. Um, in our nation or in the world, um, mm. and offering solutions. Hopefully, mm-hmm. that's the goal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, are you bringing in some artists doing that? Yeah. Right now, we have a resident eco artist named Robin Piper. Uh-huh. We call him Piper, and he's been coming and doing live painting at every event. Oh, nice. In addition, we've had Prem Morel come out. Uh, he was just signed to a local conscious record label company, which um, I don't, haven't even been disclosed what the name of the company is. It's literally brand new. This Encinitas Group is amazing. Encinitas is amazing. It is. Period. It's an amazing town. And we've had Ray Ireland from the Moves Collective come mm-hmm. out. Um, Gina Tang came and did some spoken word the other night. So mm-hmm. we are an educational group. We do like to talk about solutions to climate and sustainability issues like waste um even issues of capitalism having you know a for-profit mentality and putting that above all other things that's even a part of our our environment series so far we've talked about eco villages we've talked about water and technology of course Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you, you, I asked you the other day about uh, association with Game Changers 500. Mm-hmm. So it's like anytime, you know, what we're, we're talking about business for benefit. Exactly. So honestly, how do you see that in terms of what you're doing or how does it add to what you're doing or? The way I personally operate yes. is if there isn't a purpose aside from profit, I can't do it. And yes. I know there's a lot of millennials that feel that way. Right. I feel like that's the only way that we're going to manage to govern Mm -hmm. as well as conduct business. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we put, we put all of our challenges on our government to go fix, but the reality is they can't fix all of our problems. We have to fix a lot of our problems. So if we're contributing to a business that's creating what they call externalities and economics, Mm -hmm. where you have, you know, a river being polluted is a really easy example. Mm -hmm. Um, But even, even a company that's creating some social problem that maybe isn't super obvious, Mm -hmm. but it's there, maybe addictive behaviors or, um, or even something like, you know, tooth decay. Um, um, It's about companies saying, you know what, we're for a greater purpose. And instead of just working for a profit, we're also going to align with a mission of some sort, Mm -hmm. um, a vision, and that's B core certification is on that um, is on that ticket. So is uh, conscious capitalism, and so are the game changers five hundred. Awesome. And then you're quite active with lots of different ecology projects beyond what you're doing, aren't you? I mean, it's like yes. I mean, it sounds like you're doing enough, but yeah, I I dabble in most environmental yeah. organizations in San Diego. I would say yeah to some degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I usually ask this later on, but uh, in terms of how did really things change for you? What became a defining moment for you? Mm. In, you know, in music and in life, I was living on the island of Maui, working awesome. on music. I was there with um, a previous partner of mine, Shia Makai, who's an incredible guitarist. And we were there to record music and I had just left the duo inspired flight and because they weren't interested in creatively collaborating, they wanted to maintain control of their group. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was ready to have creative control. Um, you're ready to give birth. I was ready. Exactly. So I moved to Maui. We started to record an album and, um, what happened while I was there is they used to burn cane. They would openly Mm -hmm. burn 
the the waste from uh, from the sugarcane fields. And often it would happen actually on the same day that the volcano was releasing what they call VOG. Mm. And I used to get a carpool. We were dirt poor when we were living there. We were using this horrible car that would work sometimes and barely made it up the hill. I almost lit, We actually went through two horrible cars while I was there. One of them almost lit on fire <laughs> on the way up a hill, um, our hill. Um, but in any case... Um, I used to listen to this lawyer when I would when I would carpool with her and she would talk about how she was participating in city council meetings just talking about how the asthma and the air pollution as a result of of burning the cane openly was keeping kids home from school, keeping people home from work and otherwise again this is this idea of externalities as if, you know, our our economy is not capturing the whole picture, which I think most people would agree in every sector we're not capturing the whole picture. Yeah. Um yeah. You there's can't. no thought there's no thought beyond today. It's part right. of it, right? Right. And so that was when I first started thinking about gosh, people are it was a dark moment and I, and I said, you know, I don't know if people are good enough to be on this planet. Like I don't know if we deserve her. Mm. And so I wrote a song called Live Forever which will be on the next album. We've already started making arrangements mm. for adding opera and um some other cool elements to that song. Awesome. Yeah. So that, that was the thing that really changed for you. And then it started, you came back. Yeah. So, um, so the project, uh, ended up not producing, um, in a, in a time manner that was reasonable for me to be living there making $10 an hour, um, as Mm. a sculptor, an assistant sculptor. And, um, and also unfortunately the relationship ended and we, we went our separate ways and naturally my family's here in San Diego. I came back to San Diego and pursued what, what I thought was going to be something of, um, I, I guess a job. I was looking for something of sustenance, that stability of some stability sort of some sort. Exactly. Yeah. I ended up in a corporation. Oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. So this is Ashley 1.5. Yeah. Yeah. You could say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, my first job really in the real world, you could say, was as a flight attendant. Oh, really? Uh, mm-hmm. That took me to Portland, Oregon. Um, but I was definitely done with that. And um, and so I ended up working in an electronics corporation. Doing what? Uh, digital marketing. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that served you well, I'm sure. It um, it woke me up to a lot of harsh realities. Like which which ones in particular? Oh gosh. Um, well, in particular, that company I was working for. It's a foreign company, and I experienced racism and sexism on a regular basis there. That mm. um, it's not overt. Or at mm-hmm. least in my world, it wasn't overt. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it was there, and. It was shocking being someone that was raised with really high ideals in, you know, the sheltered San Diego area where we're told that not only are women equals, but, you know, everyone is equal Mm -hmm. and we need to treat each other that way. Well, the reality of corporate world and any hierarchically structured um, institution is that the whole point is to kind of shuffle through people and give some people, you know, privilege and other people to not have privilege. I mean, you're competing, right? That's the game. The game of capitalism is you're supposed to compete and you're not competing for who's doing the most good um, in the world. You're, you're competing for who's making the most money for the company. And yeah. again, that's devoid of considering the social factors or the externalities involved. So I found myself to be a bit of a fish out of water. Yeah, exactly. So when we're talking about competition, we're also talking about dominance, which yeah. is a problem. 
Yeah. Um, there's a great book called Altruism that mm-hmm. changed my life. It's, mm. um, it's also an audio book. So if you're someone like me that likes to get outside, you could listen to it as you, as you walk or, or go for a jog. Thank goodness for Audible, huh? Yes. And it talks about what a more compassionate economy would look like. How do we reward cooperative behavior instead mm-hmm. of competitive behavior? Mm-hmm. And it, it really gives me a lot of hope that people are thinking outside the box in terms of how we can restructure our economy to better work. So one of the concepts that in the last three months have come firmly in my mind is this notion of not thinking outside the box, but creating a new one. Yeah, that's the good Buckminster Fuller quote. Is of, it really? Mm-hmm. I think he got it from me, don't you? <laughs> no? okay. If you can't change the existing structure, then you create a new paradigm or something like yeah. that. It's roughly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I I would say that I, I agree for the most part. Um, I've done a lot of trying to struggle within a system. And what you mm-hmm. end up doing is just that, struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some, sometimes that's what it takes to be... Sometimes that's what creative people do. I mean, mm-hmm. we try and exist outside of all of these, you know, preconceived. And so, paradigms. what you're really saying is, no, we need to exist side by side and as a part of it. More or less. I mean, the reality is, we are consuming goods right now at a rate of multiple Earths. I want to say it's like six Earths or something ridiculous. In, in terms the US. of sustainability. In terms of, I mean, in terms of absorbing waste. Mm-hmm. Yes, sustainability. Um, and, and when I say waste, I mean carbon dioxide emissions, I mean poisons into, you know, our water supply, into Mm -hmm. our soils, um, and our earth can only regenerate materials at a, at certain rates, you know, um, and I'm not, I'm pretty sure we don't want to manufacture the entire planet. Um, there's a certain amount of nature that actually is needed to be a healthy, happy individual. So at a certain point we have to ask ourselves, how do we balance all of this consumption? The rest of the world is, is, you know, buying into the American dream, which is to consume more, to have more. And, and we have to rethink what that looks like, at least in terms of throughput, which is an economic term for the amount of stuff going into the system. One thing you just like turned me on to is a great phrase, a little sad, but is, you know, the notion that we manufacture the earth. So the whole thing is, is like we take all these resources out of the earth and deplete it. That's the track that we're on currently. Yes. Of course, there are some amazing groups doing work to conserve. You know, there's groups like mm-hmm. the Sierra Club. I work with San Diego 350 a lot. And of course, there's 350.org. There's huge conservation. Let's leads. talk about 350.org. Oh, they're, they're super awesome. Um, San Diego 350 is a local group. Uh, 350 parts per million is the amount of carbon dioxide that is deemed safe to be in the atmosphere mm-hmm. without causing major planetary problems, mm-hmm. um, including um, thresh- passing thresholds where we have what, what are called feedback loops, mm-hmm. such as the ice melting and then no longer reflecting energy into space and instead absorbing energy. So then you have an acceleration of climate change. Um, so San Diego 350 is all about keeping those parts per million low. And of course, for many of us, that means um, clean energy. It also means fossil fuel-free fertilizers and agriculture. Um, it also means consuming less because we waste 40% of our food. One of my favorite activists is Rob Greenfield, mm-hmm. who I've had the pleasure of spending time with, robgreenfield.tv. And he's all about reducing our waste because that in and of itself makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. I personally don't, um, in terms of my driving trips when I leave here, 
I usually plan them in such a way that I'm, when I'm out and about, I'm doing a circle. Mm, and so nice. there's days I don't go anywhere. Yeah. And that's the way I like to do it. Yeah. And, San Diego's challenging, too. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have very, very awesome public yeah. transportation going uh-huh. on. Do you feel like playing anything? I'd be happy to play you a song. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to take a poll out there. How many people, what, do you, what would you like to listen to? Okay. All right. The poll has decided. The poll has decided, and uh, Ashley will, um, will take you there. about the weather I won't say your name Let's talk about the weather You know times have changed Sometimes I feel helpless in this big stupid world The headlines distractions and the shadows Talk about the weather I won't say your name Let's talk about the weather You know times have changed Let's talk about the weather I won't say your name Let's talk about the weather You know times have changed All boats, you gotta give to roll the skies. Dry, an alarm of sorts. It could be you, I'm sure. So keep an open door. There's love if we stand a chance. You better bet we can. Cause we'll be used to dance. Call it what you want. We will mobilize with wide open eyes to your great surprise. Let's talk about the weather I won't say your name Let's talk about the weather You know times have changed Let's talk about the weather I won't say your name Let's talk about the weather You know times 
I wanna heat out of packets I kinda like gravity Well besides how it looks on me I'm packing my things A convertible earth ship Boat below two miles of dirt Hidden under my tiny house It's got aquaponics We've got solar and stuff Baby stop calling my bluff Maybe as a last try We could I don't know Let's talk about the weather I won't say your name Let's talk about the weather You know times have changed Let's talk about the weather I won't say your name Let's talk about the weather You know times have changed Let's talk about Let's talk about tiny houses. Oh, snap. I heard that. <laughs> well. No. Awesome song. Thank you. I have one. I have a tiny house. Oh, you do? I do. You have a tiny house. Yeah. I should say my partner just bought a tiny house. Nice. Awesome. I want to hear all about it. Okay. So when you say tiny, what are we talking? 500 square feet? 400 square feet. 400 oh, square yeah. feet? 400 square feet. It has a loft. So yeah, there's that of nice course. sense. You would of... expect that or else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice and tall. Uh, okay. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to hear all about it. So it's 400 square feet. It's 400 square feet. And um, it's beautiful. It's on wheels, as most tiny houses are. And we're just about to move it on to a beyond organic farm in Ooh. Encinitas, about a mile away from the Encinitas sign. Really? Awesome. Yes. So I'll be bike riding distance from the train and from Lazy Acres, the new awesome grocery store down the street. Lazy Acres mm-hmm. is awesome. It is awesome. So, I, you know, yeah, it is. So I want to hear, like, do you have pictures? Will you have pictures? You yeah, send pictures? so ashleymazanic.com is my website. Uh, and I'm thinking to add a page just documenting tiny house living. That'd be so great. Yeah. I sort of seen those. Uh, there are some communities on Facebook, mm-hmm. tiny houses. Totally. And I have a really great friend of mine that's really interested in like an RV, but keep on looking at, and I'm sort of sensing that may not be the most ecological thing to do, actually live in an RV, but a tiny house makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, the reality is driving period is not ecologically friendly. Right. I mean, you're using gas, you're putting right. carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Right. Uh, the less of that we can do, the better. And not to say that they aren't working on really great electronic or electric vehicle improvements and mm-hmm. battery life. Of course, we all know that that using precious minerals is a big part of this situation as well. And also there's battery at the end of life of the product, which apparently a car at the end of its life has quite a bit of juice left in that battery, even when the battery's done. Oh, is um, that right? I've heard as much as 80% life still in the battery. Just because it can't move your car doesn't mean it can't maybe store energy in your house. Yeah, well, what you're doing right now is inspiring a lot of people that are listening to this podcast to actually maybe even start a business for benefit. Oh, yeah, I have one for you. Oh, yeah? Please. Give it on. Will somebody please decide that they want to start mass amounts of eco-villages all over San Diego and all over the world? That Because we have this amazing population of millennials mm-hmm. who... They want purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, what better to wake? What better way to feel a sense of purpose than to wake up in a house where, when you turn on the lights, you're not thinking, 
oh, energy. I mean, most of you probably don't think about this, but these are the things I think of is I'm turning on the lights. This is 33% renewable. Hooray for San Diego. But like, what about the rest of that percent? I actually think about that. Yeah. I mean, every time we go, I mean, we're using electricity right now. We all use electricity to use our phones and all of the things that, you know, connect us to each other. I think I'll be right back. I'm going to turn this light switch off. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Who needs it when you have the sun out? So someone that could design houses who, you know, houses that use sunlight, you know, way Mm. more windows, way more thought put into the construction of solar panels on the roof, gray water, Mm -hmm. because water uses a tremendous amount of energy. Mm. And I've even heard that water heaters constantly are heating our water. So it's ready for us on demand Mm -hmm. when there's other types of technologies out there that will heat when you ask it to instead of all day long. Yeah. When I was in Santa Fe in 1987, I moved into a house. It was all adobe. It was it was a young couple that built this house way overspecced it, mm-hmm. but we're talking you know um, window quilts. Mm. It actually had no heating system. Yeah, it had two fireplaces, adobe, but it was laid in such mm. a way like the whole house was brick, but the brick would go out like fifty feet be on the south side of the house, ah. and we're talking in the middle of winter when yeah. it's fifteen degrees. Yeah. The sun coming, you know, and as soon as the sun goes down, the adobe radiates the heat in, the brick starts Mm. heating up. I mean... That's the magic of design. I don't know why we don't do that here. There's a movie... There's not that much rain here. There's a movie called Garbage Warriors, and if you want your brain to explode... Thank you. ...like, graciously, and then it'll put it back together, I promise, by the end of the movie, (laughs) but this man is insane. It's a free YouTube documentary, and he literally turns trash into eco-houses, and he's growing his food in New Mexico inside of his house, um, making everything out of trash. Oh, and I wow. mean, talking about like taking a problem and turning it into a solution, that is the type of innovation that I thrive on. All right. So going back to eco villages, who would they contact? There's some organizations yes, I know. there are. So who would they contact? Local Earth, which is localearth.org. His name is Joshua Alvord, a good friend of mine. Um, is a really good start. There's three eco-villages in San Diego, but they're, mm-hmm. they're, I mean, you could certainly contact them and see if they want to help get something off the ground. But the reality is an eco-village can look however you want it to look. Mm-hmm. It can be as super, super cush, like adobe, like beautiful gardens, you mm-hmm. know, fruit trees, or it could be a little more simple. It could be a, fa- it could even be zoned as a farm. You could buy a farm and roll a bunch of tiny houses on there. You could have a food co-op, a worker-owned food co-op, packaging free, ideally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm giving you guys free ideas is out there come on wink wink no i know that's what let's you do. hear it <laughs> wink wink <Let's> see it <laughs> hint hint <laughs> totally i mean you can invite eco artists to perform in your packaging free grocery store you can have a yurt on your on your eco village property you could be displaying eco art and having you know community a community center where entrepreneurs can get together and convene um it's all about it's all about someone had a great quote the other day don't label me a hippie or anything but they said you know, here we do, we take all of this stuff from the earth, but what do we give back? Mm. We rarely think about like, what are we giving back to the, the earth is a living thing. The soil is alive. The animals are alive. The insects are alive. Water carries life. Water is life. Um, hence, you know, everything that's going on with standing rock right now of being of very timely importance. Um, but we need to think about giving back. Otherwise, we are not going to be here as okay. a species. I mean, the dinosaurs were this great species. We all idolize them as children. Yeah, there's there's movies. Oh, yeah. Jurassic it's, 1, 2, and 3, you know? It's not at all 
beyond comprehension that we just cook ourselves right off planet Earth right now. Oh, I know. It's headed that way. Yeah. And that's within this century. Like what we do in the next 10 years really, 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 really matters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I know. Awesome. So um, I wanted to hear more about the tiny house, but I have this feeling I'm going to have to wait till you're moved in and the pictures are done. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'll tell you a little more about the farm because that's the part that really excites me. Good. She's got chickens and goats and ducks, and she has Beyond Organic, which basically means instead of using organic pesticides, she actually is so well-versed in the insect kingdom Mm -hmm. that she introduces pests Mm -hmm. for the pests. Kind of like in the old days, we introduced mm-hmm. cats to control mice mm-hmm. and things like this. Mm-hmm. It's all about balance. That's what nature, right. I mean, and that's what yoga is all about. So the Anthony's community will love th- this thought of instead of using pesticides and just indiscriminately killing pests, mm-hmm. maybe we, we learn to understand the pests and yes. how do we balance them and who eats them and what are they looking for? Mm-hmm. She even has a philosophy where she's like, we have enough food to where, yes, if the birds decide they want to eat some, mm-hmm. that's okay. And guess what? We have a beautiful garden with birds. Awesome. I love it. It's so peaceful. Yeah. Oh, that sounds very exciting. Yeah. Very, very exciting. Super exciting. When I was in Santa Fe, I lived on 1,500 acres for a period of time. So it was like, walk out the back door and go for a hike. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I had a dog that was half coyote and half Malamute. So cool. Yeah, and it was just like, and we were very low carbon footprint. Yeah. 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 And a big part of that is, as I said, the design, you know, are you using gray water? Mm -hmm. Are you able, if you're in a, if you're, if you have a scale going, if you have Mm -hmm. an eco village of many people, you Mm -hmm. can do things like biogas. Mm -hmm. You don't have to even hire a trash person to come pick up your trash. You can put your waste, your human waste in a biodigester. P.S. They do this in India. It's not like it's not being done all over the world and your food waste. And what happens is it produces methane. This is what happens in the soil. Mm -hmm. So it produces methane and that methane is easily converted into energy. Yes. And that's what my dad does. That's actually how I first started learning about, you know, the engineering. He does biogas. So he actually is the first guy in California to be pumping natural gas made from methane. Mm Mm-hmm from a wastewater treatment plant mm. into the California pipeline. Oh, awesome. That's great. So it's actually all this all this thing is in your blood. I guess you could say that. It is, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely mm-hmm. it is. So your family is from, how long they've lived in California? They moved here right before I was born. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so they've been here a while. Um, 1985 is when they moved here. Oh, interesting. And, yes. And, um, and... Yeah, doing great things. the the bio The biogas company, it's Biogas Energy LLC, mm-hmm. um, is is doing wonderful things. He's at UCSD, um, providing energy there, and um, he's working f- with the landfills. Mm-hmm. And I know that the city's looking to do more and more of that. They mm-hmm. want to use every little bit of that methane mm-hmm. uh, for electricity. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What are three things anybody could do? Hmm. just three things. They could actually write it, stick it on the refrigerator, wake up in the morning when they're having their coffee or whatever, and look at those three things and do it on a daily basis to make a difference for themselves. Meaning, not trying to save the planet, because that's another conversation. I believe that humanity needs assistance, not the planet. No, We need to change us. Mm, okay. You, I, see, I kind of see where you're going yeah, with that. Yeah, I mean, the planet will... The planet will survive. There's many people know that it's it's done its thing six times before. Yeah, where we've we came and left. 
mm-hmm. the planet will survive. It's just... Well, the reality do- is... Okay, so you're saying the planet will survive. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a little bit of resistance there because we are losing biodiversity at a rate that hasn't been seen since we lost the dinosaurs. Literally. Okay. It is... We are absolutely demolishing species right now i know so sure that. there's the earth but like what about ev- like are we including the animals and the insects and now we're getting to it so if that's the case i'm not a proponent mm. of not being aware of that right it's just what i'm saying is asking is what are three things people can do to start right. yeah to do for themselves so we can look at it as doing it for ourselves. Ultimately, what's beautiful about human beings is we are actually quite altruistic. We have an inner reward system where when we do good for others, we actually do good for ourselves. So that question, even though I can answer it. So you want to turn it, it around? You yeah, want to refine it? Okay, I, I, I'm good with that. I will answer the question um, in terms of the individual. But the reality is um, if we give to our communities, we will also receive back. That said, the very first thing that comes to mind right now in this moment mm-hmm. is even though what I wanted to say is conscious consumerism and knowing where all your stuff comes from, Mm -hmm. um, because that is the most obvious way to support the planet and also other human lives. But if we are focusing on just ourselves as individuals, Mm -hmm. plug into a community right now. Don't go home and watch TV anymore. Be done with that. That is so the old system. Like that is being fed to you and you don't know those people that are making that. Right. You don't know what their intentions are. Right. They're a, probably a for-profit company just like most and they're probably not B Corp because B Corp is an Encinitas and I don't know that many entertainment companies that are B Corp. That is the direction that I think we're going to start seeing more of. I mm-hmm. think we're going to start seeing more conscious entertainers. Um, Jason Mraz just came out with a great Standing Rock song. I've seen a number of celebrities come out for, for that particular movement. Um, but to get out in the community and start challenging yourselves, be willing to be challenged and connect with your community members. None of us have the answers. I don't have the answers. No experts have the answers, but together we're able to come up with a lot more interesting, innovative solutions than when we're alone in our little houses all by ourselves. I think that's killing us. Yeah. Separation. And it, and it, and literally depression and anxiety, being at an all-time mm-hmm. high, being someone that's been through that and been through an eating disorder and knows what it's like to be very much in my own individual world, thinking that I was going to somehow have to fix myself. And then finding out that actually the solutions are in community. Mm-hmm. And whether that be because our community has information that we need, or they just have a pat on the back that we need, or they have resources, money, or capital that we might need. Um, sometimes it's the creativity that we need, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe we have all the things to get started, but we're not really sure where to start and we don't really know how to make it fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but yes, community, I think would be the first thing. Number two, number two, I got to go back to that conscious consumer because there's so many different levels that we can consume consciously and just be conscious and mindful. Um, a meditation practice is super awesome. And I guarantee if you stop and really, really delve deep. I find that I I often end up crying in meditations because when you really listen and you try and put yourself aside, that's the hardest part is kind of getting out of your own cycle of self-talk. But when you really listen to what's going on around you, people are not happy. The planet is not happy. Like there is suffering. And in Encinitas, it's easy to be in a bubble. It's easy to to just take this privilege for granted and be super happy with it. The reality is we could be happier. We could be happier if we help others. It actually physically, biologically gives us pleasure. And so to see suffering is to simply see an opportunity. It's an opportunity to get involved, to Mm -hmm. learn more, Mm -hmm. to help. 
And sometimes if you do live in a bubble like Encinitas, um, it, it really is like, where does my surfboard come from? Could I do better? Could I get a green surf? Is there such thing as where does a my green? gas come from? Where does my gas come from? Is there a way to take the train? You know, yeah. is there is there a community group right now meeting at city council that's talking about something meaningful like um, low income housing, which mm-hmm. has become a major problem in Encinitas? Mm-hmm. We are currently going to be it looks like breaking California law um, in terms of not having enough mm-hmm. low income housing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, do you want people that have lived here a long time? Do you want your sons and daughters to live in Encinitas? If you don't, then sure. Keep pricing us out. We'll go. Or we'll just crash on your couch for a really long time. And like, maybe that's how you really want it. (laughs) Maybe you're lonely and you like that. But like the reality is, you know, if you want, if you want to help people, we got to think about, you know, accessibility. Awesome. Number three. Oh, number three is going to be tough. (laughs) get out in nature every day and walk or whatever you do. Okay. What do you mean by get out in nature? Because I mean, I do that every day. I mean, there's two beautiful parks right near here. I just walk there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just go there. Even if it's for like 15 or 20 minutes. That's super important because you need to take care of your health and be a healthy person in order to give. Yeah. In order to give. In order to give. If you're talking about especially giving back to the earth. Yes. If you're going to care about the earth, you're going to care for others. It's just like I used to be a flight attendant. You always fasten your seatbelt before you fasten the seatbelt of the person next to you. (laughs) You must do that. That's pretty ingrained, huh? (laughs) You must do that. Do you wake up in the middle of the night with that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Maybe I was talking about the oxygen mask. Okay. So the oxygen mask is coming down. It's It's been been a while. while. It's It's been a while while since Ashley's done that. You know. Emergency exits are to your left. Um, yeah, so so you got to take care of you, you first. You have to be in a positive mind. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're suffering from ailments, mm-hmm. like if you can't pull yourself out for you, do it for us. We we want you healthy. We want you safe. We want you participating in community. And if you have health problems, first of all, nature and getting out and walking every day is like one of the best things you can do for your health. It helps to clear your mind. Exercise is a wonder drug. It's better than, I mean, I was prescribed Lexapro Lexapro at one point in time. And I can tell you that that just numbed me. It it changed me in a a way. It is. And, and really all I need to do is just get outside and walk every day. So the body actually produces Inadequate amounts DMT. It's it's the component that you'll find in a lot of um, native plant medicine. Isn't that what's released into your body before you die? Or is that another com- compound? Uh, I don't know, but I'm looking forward to that experience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I don't really know. But my point is, is that, um, you know, fluoride in the water destroys the DMT that exists in the pineal or pineal gland. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the DMT is yes. gone. The DMT is what's responsible for us having basically a cheery outlook on life and allows us to get through a challenging day and all the rest of it. Mm. Well, with fluoride in the water, it's gone. Mm. So now we have prescription antidepressant drugs. Exactly. And and my dear friend Jacqueline Price, I must say, what's up? I love Jacqueline, that girl. Heal the cause. Oh my God. She's all about healing the cause of your suffering. Like, yes, band-aids. Okay. There's lots of them. Like you can distract yourself all day long from your pain. Yeah. But if you don't just own up to what's causing the pain mm-hmm. and feel it mm-hmm. and let yourself cry, let mm-hmm. yourself be angry mm-hmm. and, and do whatever that means. You it's, know. A, it's a part of the life experience. It's how, yeah. And it's how real problems are solved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much like the dying. I mean, we long time ago, actually, you know, 
let everybody else take care of our dearly dear loved ones in terms of you know bathing them and prepping them and all the rest of it it's actually a bit of an experience i've been able to enjoy at one time in my life and we don't but we don't do that anymore so there's we miss the contact um you know so this whole thing of about being connected to the earth and stuff it's actually even that Mm. so i told for a long time i did a podcast on death and dying which was a very rich experience especially when my ex's mother is uh, downstairs in a room dying of cancer Mm. so i allowed myself to fully experience that and that did more for me in terms of compassion and the earth than Mm. anything else Mm. because we watched and partook partook in the whole event Mm -hmm. of of cremation Mm. and uh it was awesome Mm. so people you know people medicate themselves out of experiences that uh, would enrich their life absolutely they consume themselves out of experiences that uh you know keep them from an enriched life yeah well and we've we've bought into this competition-based economy Mm. the reality is our economy is a faith-based organization I mean, I'm saying organization. It's an institution. Right. Um, if you listen, Dr. Richard Norgard at Berkeley okay. makes the best case for this. Mm-hmm. We talk about it like it's a science. In fact, GDP growth is the single biggest policy initiative, period, mm-hmm. across the board, I think, in the last 20 years or maybe even 50. I think it's the last 50 years since World War II. Mm-hmm. But we don't challenge that enough. Is GDP making us happier, guys? No. Why aren't we measuring happiness? Why aren't we measuring health? Why aren't those the markers of economic success? The economy is whatever we want it to be. Mm. It is not a science. It's not. It's very, very, very far from being a science. Mm -hmm. It's a social, quote, science. It's an idea. And we put all of our faith in it. We decide, oh, the market's going to correct that. Mm -hmm. Oh, is the market going to correct the fact that, you know, there's pesticides killing our bee population right now? Mm -hmm. No, people are going to correct that. Right. That's everyone. We're all responsible for our economy. We we make our economy what it is. So if we want to be a responsible, helpful economy mm-hmm. that serves the whole world, mm-hmm. then we need to start thinking like global citizens. We need to start thinking about like mothers, like we're mother, like we're grandfathers and, and grandmothers. We need to start mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, shaping our world in a way that's good for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want a better world for your children? And for your children's children and your children's and children's children. And be rewarded during your own life because mm-hmm. altruism is gives this natural feedback that mm-hmm. tells us, yes, yeah. good. We like that. We feel good about ourselves. Right. It's wonderful. Use it. All right. So I've changed my opinion on the three things that you recommend people to do for other people. is <laughs> essentially doing it for themselves. Mm. But I've lived a life of service, so I do understand what you're saying. Mm. You know, I understand that I came into this life to love and to serve. Mm. Mostly. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things take care of themselves. Awesome. All right. Looking at our little notes. Um, boy, do you want to talk about some events you have coming up? Yeah, sure. So um, uh, starting December 7th, you said? Yes. So we have the 7th is at the T-Short Gallery. Robin Piper will be presenting along with a number of other individuals on eco-democracy. So actually... The, I want, yeah, talk to me about that. I'll, I'll, I just talked to him about it last night, and he didn't even know about the rights of nature. So there's this this movement in, in I think, Central and South America that mm-hmm. nature has rights, which mm-hmm. is this totally foreign idea to most of us. Um, but the idea that like dolphins and fish have the right to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it was just the quickest, fastest way to start 
rebalancing what the economy is doing to the rainforest mm -hmm. at such an alarming rate. Mm -hmm. um, this idea of democracy is kind of funny if we look at it as completely human-centered and human-serving. The reality is humans like dolphins. Humans like having a beautiful ocean that we can get into and not go, ew, what's in there? Is it, you right. know, what is the, is this kelp? Like, is it dead? Is that plastic? There's six times the amount of plastic as there is wildlife in the ocean, I read somewhere. Mm. The Great Barrier Reef is like mm. almost dead. Yeah. I mean, we like the, we want to travel and we want to see these beautiful, scenic, picturesque, natural spaces. Um, so, so the idea of eco-democracy is sort of like, well, how do we represent nature in the political space? Mm -hmm. How do we stand up for nature in, you know, in politics and in, you know, in the way that we do our daily lives? Mm -hmm. So, um, so Robin Piper is going to be, going to be talking about that and he's going to be doing it visually through his art. And we do, um, intend on the altruists, my band playing, uh, that evening. So we'll be doing, um, probably 20 minutes, at the end, 20 minutes in the beginning, kind of warm us up. And, um, and yeah, I'll get some more of those speakers. There's a, there's a Facebook group called let's talk about the weather by Ashley Mazanik. And I post not only music events, but also speaking events and the let's talk about the weather environment. I thought I series. was on that group, but I don't think I am. I've been trying to follow you. My God, it's, it's not easy. Not particularly easy. <laughs> no, not particularly. No, I'm getting better. Yeah. Oh, so then after the seventh, yes. um, on the ninth, we're going to be playing at the Hill Street Cafe as the altruists. Uh, and then um, December 10th. You can look at your notes. Okay. What is December 10th? Oh, December 10th, we're playing at Nate's Garden Grill which is a farm-to-table restaurant in City Love Heights. Love it. Oh, my gosh. I'm all about it. Yeah. Homemade kombucha. Yeah. They got... Uh, yep. The whole nursery is amazing. If you're looking for some great Christmas presents, mm -hmm. or you're even looking to get a tree, but, like, actually, maybe you should buy a living tree, because that would be amazing. Who does yes. that? And decorate that, and then yes. plant it afterwards, and grow, remind like... Me, remind me, and I'll show you my Christmas tree that's outside. Uh, it was given to me I by love a it. Yeah. Yes. It's so beautiful. So Nate's Garden Grill, and then... Um, you said the 14th? That's the 10th oh, the at 10th. Nate's Garden Grill. Um, and then, yes, there's also going to be an event the 14th at the at the San Diego Green Building Council Social. So yes. if you go to their website, all the details are there. It will be downtown. Well, and, and that's just a solo thing. Awesome. Solo thing. And just so everybody knows, um, I will have my work cut out for me with these show notes because there is so much mentioned here, and it will always be there. Yay. Okay. So then you had something on the 17th? Yes, the seventeenth. Uh -huh. A friend and I, who's also a musician, uh -huh. a couple of friends. It's a growing group of us mm -hmm. who are very, very motivated by the Standing Rock situation. Mm -hmm. Decided that it would be cool to pose a very peaceful and, if anything, entertaining demonstration in front of some of the big banks that are investing in the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline mm -hmm. um, to ask people to take their money out. Good. Take their money awesome. out of those banks and put them into uh, um, credit unions. Awesome. Uh, more local banks yep. um, that are more consciously investing. Yep. Um, they also are more likely to listen to you when you say, I don't want my money in oil. That's an old system. Right. And it's going to be difficult. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Changing oh, yeah. off of our oil-based economy, it's going to be really hard, but we have to do it. And the longer we wait, mm -hmm. the more pain we cause because we have more, we're going to have more people whose mm -hmm. livelihoods are, are invested in it. And we're going to be under more ecological constraint. We're going to be under more pressure. Yeah. I, I, you know, faster. I was going to ask you earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt you, but I got to ask. 
which is, so what do you think of what uh, Elon Musk and Tesla is doing? Oh, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I wonder because in you know one of your songs you talk about, I don't want to live on Mars. Mm-hmm. But he's got a vision of moving. That's to true. Re- to be right, honest so with you, I think using electricity. Okay, so this is me being opinionated, but well, I think using electricity. Yes, I think using massive amounts of power, electricity, and oil and gas. I mean, even if he was running on electric, using all of that energy to divert going into space. Like we're talking about ecological effects that are happening in the next 50 years, like massive ones, like islands are disappearing guys. There are people that are now immigrants that don't have homes anymore. Syria isn't a joke. And that's not only social political stuff going on there. Mm -hmm. That's, there was a horrible drought. People couldn't grow their own food. And then the government didn't help. Sure. Corruption. Sure. Problems, you know, Mm -hmm. in Central America, sure. There are gangs, you know, but Mm -hmm. the drought unfortunately meant that a lot of people had to move around and you know in nature you're an animal right which human beings are i'm an animal and there's no water there's no food what am i going to do i'm going to move my body i'm going to immigrate i guess is what we call it nowadays you know with our current boundaries um so there's so much energy and healing that needs to happen here i think diverting it to mars i think diverting it to another planet at all Unless maybe someone's figuring out how to sequester CO2 and like, like take it to space. But even then I would, I would question. Um, but sure. Like, but you got to think about what's going on on the home planet. This home planet is perfect for us. We've evolved here for a really, really, really long time. I know. It's, I love it. Yeah. Earth is amazing. Like, let's make sure that Earth is okay before we go fastening the seatbelt of the next planet over next to us. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And you're supposed to say, did that answer your question? (laughs) It certainly did. But in terms of what he's doing with batteries and electric cars, I got to give it to him. No, I got to tell you, it's like when I moved, there's a couple of things that changed for me when I moved to Southern California. When you, I mean, I lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico, most of my life, very conscious community for the most part, and really interesting dynamics with Los Alamos National Labs on the hill and then Santa Fe, and you got all these, um, you know, granola crunchers, so to speak, going on, you know, and mm-hmm. but there was a melding of heart and mind there that was really, really amazing. And why do I mention it? Because, it, you know, it's, it's, we're starting to wake up, there's no doubt. And, and this change can happen mm. like that. It's a matter of the change that people need to make within themselves. And it's Mm -hmm. simply starting by saying, yes, I will do just one thing today, consciously, in in awareness, Mm -hmm. you know, and you being here is a bunch of that. Thank you for coming, you know. You're super welcome. I hope to catch some of your listeners out in the community because that is where the magic really happens. Evans and Edith's trilogy, downtown at the T-shirt gallery. These are just some of the many hubs. You said trilogy? Um, no, uh, Evans and and Trilogy. I haven't, been, I haven't been there, but yeah. Highly recommend it. It's a great conscious sanctuary space. Um, yeah. people are very, they're very helpful and very in tune and very open-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's a great place to make friends mm-hmm. and, um, and also do some yoga and get in touch with your breath and think yeah. about your health and make sure you're, you're ready to go to help others and serve others yeah. in your communities. And, um, yeah. All right. So, Last question I have for you is like, we talked about three things people could do, but what's the one thing, the just one thing Mm. you think people need to hear? Mm -hmm. Live compassion. Live compassion. Yeah. In every way that you possibly can. 
That is the answer to all of our problems, all of them. Compassion for yourself, compassion for thy neighbor, compassion for other creatures. Um, making, making decisions out of competition and being better and having the status and things, mm-hmm. that's the old way. Mm-hmm. That's the old way. And, and in terms of development, you know, for a long time we phrased development in terms of GDP growth. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times that's correlated with, with people having water infrastructure and people mm-hmm. having toilets and having roads. And, and we associate that with, with community and with, with improvements. But today it's more important than ever that we start having different measuring sticks. And the first easiest one that you can have in your own life that doesn't even require any math at all. is did i live compassion today did i do something Did i do as much as i could to be compassionate towards other people Mm -hmm. and if that's the answer then you are a complete and wonderful outrageous success every single day of your life and how do you know when you're being compassionate to another it's a feeling or does one start if they go i don't know what compassion means i think a really good place to start is meditating Mm-hmm. on compassion what does that mean mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of other things that come with compassion compassion is honesty compassion is integrity compassion is showing up compassion is sometimes not partaking in things that you feel are, are not healthy or, right. not, or not listening to someone in chat on about ne- some negative thing exactly and that's it's not a compassionate act to sit there and listen it's compassionate to walk away exactly because we can enable each yes. other sometimes and yes. have negative effects on one another. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Hmm. You want to take us out? Uh, sure. Let me look at my, um, I just wanted to point out that your, looks like your phone case is green. Yeah. It's like a nice greenish blue color. It's beautiful. But, uh, I do want to ask everybody out there, and this is important. If you enjoyed this podcast, you go to alternativehealthtools.com and you'd like to hear more from Ashley, contact us because I'm going to egg her on to help her create a channel really dedicated to um, let's talking about the weather. Because awesome. you're awesome. I can't keep up with you. There's no way. <laughs> thank you john this has been an absolute pleasure yeah a lot of fun definitely thanks of course